Welcome to Payne on Politics, a podcast where host Dr. Gregory Payne of Emerson College sits down with fellow experts to discuss the current state of politics, public opinion, and global affairs. In a world growing increasingly complex, communication and critical thinking is key. This only makes the Emerson motto, expression necessary to evolution, more true. Hello, this is Gregory Payne, the Chair of Communication Studies at Emerson College, the first communication department in the country for Payne on Politics. I'm back after a lot of very positive feedback with Spencer Kimball, the Director of Emerson Polling, uh, to talk to Isabel Holloway, who is, I would say, the heart and soul of Emerson Polling, uh, helps Spencer and uh, has given him some strategic interest in terms of particular areas that we would not have pursued. She is someone who I dearly admire. She comes from the heartland which means the work ethic is really, really strong there. Keeps Spencer on the right track. So Izzy, welcome to Pain on Politics. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, longtime listener, first time guest. Excited to be here. It's exciting to have you here. I know that uh, I've had you as a student, uh, of course, in the graduate program right now. We're very impressed, I think, with your ability to keep us on an even keel and to remind us what's happening in the heartland. When we look at Emerson polling, Izzy, can you tell us, I mean, I, it's kind of a marathon of polls that you're doing. I'm so impressed by what you're doing. So what? where have you been and where are we going with Emerson polling? So we're in the process of trying to kind of seamlessly transition from that primary season to the general election season. We just finished up um, the primary here in Massachusetts and next in the next week or so we have general election polls coming out in Arizona, New Mexico, Nevada, New York. We're really all over the country trying to get into um, what's motivating voters to turn out for the midterm elections and what direction those races are going. Well, I think first I'd mention somewhat uh, to Spencer this notion of Magazona, of course, with the the top contenders sort of being election deniers. Uh, I heard that it, it's not breaking as as much for that particular group as people might have thought. What do you think is 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 the dynamic right now in Arizona? Of course, we know things can change, but where are we right now? In these first general election polls that we're conducting in all these states, we're making sure to ask the favorability of candidates, which really tells you one how tuned in voters are to each of these personalities, and two, if voters have already kind of conceived either a positive or negative view of these candidates. So you can look out for our Arizona numbers later this week, but a sneak peek does indicate that yes, the Republican candidates may be struggling to kind of even perform to the degree that Trump did in 2020, and that very well could be because of their insistence on uh, denying the 2020 election results and their ties to the more uh, MAGA side of the Republican Party. Yeah, you're heading off to Phoenix soon in terms of your focus groups? Yeah. In addition to the pre-election polls that we've been conducting at Emerson College Polling, we've also expanded our academic research efforts, and particularly uh, in regards to understanding the Hispanic vote and Hispanic voters and Hispanic individuals that are citizens that choose to not be registered to vote. So we're trying to figure out why those individuals are not registering to vote and not participating in the political process. We've done five states so far. Um, We've done Nevada, Florida, Colorado, Texas, um, and now we're going into Arizona as our final state here to see where the Hispanic vote is kind of leaning in that state. You know, what's impressive to me is I I know you're embarked on this historic study with Laura Barbarino, who is a a very famous Hispanic poster from University of Texas. 
I, you're going to be previewing and, and I think giving some indications of what, what you found at the, uh, at the Global Summit on November the 4th, correct? Yes, correct. And what's really interesting about our project and what makes Emerson Polling so unique in this regard is that we first do a survey in these states, and then we use that survey data to kind of see what issues are coming up with the population and really what we should dive deeper into in the focus groups. And as you mentioned, Dr. Barbarina is fantastic at kind of going through these conversations and pulling out the deeper why in these focus groups as to why individuals feel a certain way about politics and uh, the political parties in particular. One thing that's always impressed me about what Spencer and you are doing, and of course Camille and others on the team, is that you do not just look at a group as Hispanics because everybody is very distinguished in terms of where they live, the issues. What are you finding based on the preliminary data that seem to be resonating with Hispanics in particular parts of the country? Yeah, this whole idea of intersectionality where individuals have multiple identities that they ascribe to and that influence their political opinions, I think is very important uh, when you're looking at different subgroups. Particularly with Hispanics, there are age and education divides within that subgroup. So you really can't look at it as a monolith. And that's what so many people have done in politics for so long. So we're really trying to kind of dive a deeper level into understanding the population. If I were just to ask you now, because of course I'm I'm kind of like a, a journalist saying, oh, come on, Izzy, tell me where we're going. Uh, where do you think the Hispanic vote is now as we look to the midterms? Or does it depend on the region? I think it depends on the region. We're seeing in some states uh, that they're leaning more towards the Republican side, such as in Florida, than uh, in other states, such as Colorado, where they're leaning more towards the Democratic side. But we also, in all of these surveys and focus groups, we ask about specific issues. We ask about the economy. We ask about immigration. We ask about abortion. And what we see is there is definitive differences in where uh, Hispanics lean, either Republican or Democrat or towards neither party on these issues. Um, in the past couple of months, too, as inflation has risen, we've been asking individuals in the polls um, and in these focus groups to kind of indicate whether or not they trust the Republican Party or the Democratic Party to handle inflation. And that's given us some really interesting data that indicates that individuals may align with the Democratic Party on the issue of the economy as a whole, or taxes, or even government programs. Programs, but when it comes to handling inflation, in, at least in the last few months, there hasn't been a high level of trust with the Democratic Party. Right. I know that we're going to see all those polls at the uh, the Watergate on November the 4th when Spencer gives the last summation before the midterms. When you talk about polls, Izzy, many people, of course, say uh, they're snapshots in time, which, of course, they are. But there was also a, a lack of trust in polling. Uh, what's exciting for me is to see how Spencer and you and the team have tried to bring back that credibility. What is it that you think is unique about Emerson getting high rankings in terms of the reliability and credibility? So I've been at Emerson College polling for about four years now, and I've just seen uh, from Spencer and from my team around me that there is just such a commitment to innovating in our data collection processes. As the way that we communicate with each other evolves, we're more so on cell phones than we were on landlines 30 years ago. Uh, we're more online than on cell phones. We have kind of tried to consider those changes in communication in terms of how we kind of adapt our data collection. So in the past two and a half to three years, we've really delved into this 
text message data collection, where we send individuals a link to our survey via text, and then they click on that link and it opens in their mobile and web browser. And that really helps us to reach hard to reach populations that may not have internet access um, on a traditional desktop computer, or they may not have a landline in their house um, like they used to 20 or 30 years ago. So I feel like this innovation in terms of modes of data collection is really what makes Emerson College polling so unique. Okay, as we close, what I'd like to ask is, can you tell us a little bit about your background and what you would like to do with your knowledge and your expertise in polling? So as you mentioned, I was uh, born in Missouri, raised in Kansas. I'm a Midwesterner at heart. I've been in Boston since 2016, where I came to Emerson College and went through the undergraduate polycom program. I was lucky enough to be able to convince uh, Spencer and the Emerson College team to keep me on full time after my graduation in 2019. Um, And I've been our director of survey operations for the past couple of years, which means I handle our data collection processes and our programming of our surveys. Uh, Since Laura Barberina has been brought on to kind of spearhead this Hispanic research project, I've really become interested in the qualitative side of research as well. And really pairing that qualitative research with the quantitative experience of polls, I think is a really interesting and unique opportunity that I'd like to explore further. I think as a rhetorician myself, uh, one thing that I've appreciated is the qualitative aspect. And I think you've brought that to it. One, uh, One antidote that I would add is oftentimes when I go to the polling center, and we're overdoing with Shepard uh, these podcasts, it's, uh, it's intriguing to me where we're talking about how do you phrase something? So a particular word, if we talk about the Mar-a-Lago raid versus the Mar-a-Lago search, of course, words have behavioral consequences. And I, what, what I'd like to do is applaud you because I know that you're constantly saying to Spencer and others, well, let's think about what that might mean to a particular group. So once again, I think it, uh, it's, it basically says that Emerson is surf, surfing toward the new frontier in polling. I think you epitomize what I would say expression necessary to evolution. And we look forward to bringing Izzy back as well as Spencer and the team to tell us what to expect as we get closer to the midterms. Thank you, Izzy, for joining us on Pain on Politics. Thanks for having me. So I came prepared here. I'm going to do some cross promotion. We have an Emerson College polling podcast that we've been launching over the past few weeks, and we'll have a new episode out in the next few days. Um, And our podcast is called Pull It Together. So hashtag pull it together. I think that's a great name. Again, it, it speaks to the artistic rhetorical abilities of the Jayhawk. So thanks again for joining us today on Pain on Politics. Thanks so much.